Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you'd like to watch your podcast, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. While you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. Raised on the Radio has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. We seriously use a lot of their products. In today's world, it is tough to navigate through the craziness that is the supplement industry. It's also easy to get caught up in the cool labels and promotion instead of really knowing the ingredients in the products and the quality of the product. With True Nutrition, whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, they have you covered. And, as if you needed another reason to buy your protein from them, they now have all sorts of these boosts that you can add to your protein. I'm actually reading this off of the recent protein tub that I ordered. Caramel Macchiato Whey Protein Isolate Microfiltrated with Probiotic Boost, Super Greens Boost, Multivitamin and Mineral, Essential Aminos Boost, and Lion's Mane Mushroom Boost. And it still tastes phenomenal. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all of the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in C-E-P-N in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. You won't regret it, and you will never have to question the quality of your supplements again. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social medias. You can reach us at RaisedOnTheRadioSTL at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a website where you can find all of our content. Head over to RaisedOnTheRadioSTL.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now let's get into this episode. Hey, everybody. Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of this show. I am Colt Brocato, my brother from another mother. Patrick Blair is in Zoom land, as usual. Um, I hate to start this episode out on a bummer, but I have a question that's kind of been tossed around in my head all day. Um, So you heard the news that Aaron Carter passed away, right? I did. I did. Okay. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, for sure. Um. So here's my question. I today, I hadn't really thought much about it after I heard the news, and today I seen of the post that Nick Carter posted. Not because I follow Nick Carter, but because it was in one of those like things on Facebook where something you might be interested in or whatever. Um, and I'm not gonna read the whole thing. I basically, just want to say in the post he he makes a. I've seen a lot of people do this where they say, I didn't have, like our relationship was up and down or we didn't have the best relationship back and forth and stuff like that. And I wonder, 
what's your opinion on should you even say that in a post if you're trying no. to you shouldn't right i mean no. i get where they're coming from and i'm sure it's not coming from a bad place but it's basically just letting everybody know listen we didn't really have a relationship but i need i'm i i need to put it out there that you know i i feel bad yeah uh no keep that conversation for in private that's right. a conversation you have with the rest of your family perhaps or right. yeah i don't i think it's reactionary and it's just attention grabbing i don't really i don't really dig it and i know what you're talking about yeah it's like why it's kind of like when we remember when um Oh God, uh, Dwayne Haskins died. Yeah, and uh, Schefter, Adam Schefter from ESPN, talked about his stats. It's yeah. like, hey, fuckface. Like, I know this is a little bit different. This is family, and this is right different. It's a different thing, but it, it's in a way, it's not. It's like, why do you have to bring attention to the fact that you had a bad relationship? Right. In in public, I, I you know, and believe me. There was a reality show that documented well, that was well documented in the reality show they did. Did you ever see that? Uh-uh. Did you ever you never saw the way that that family talked to each other and treated each other? Dude, it was gross. Really? Like in what I don't want to speak ill I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but I dude, it was very dysfunctional. Okay. We all have dysfunctional families, but like it was I, I, for me to watch it and go ugh cuz I <laughs> I'm going through it right now with family. <laughs> For me to go, yeah. oh God, like it, that's, it, it was just very, like those two were very aggressive and, you know, I don't know, very, very aggressive, borderline abusive to each other, verbally and physically. Gotcha. And in your spare time, go look it up. I mean, it's, 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 you know what? They might have erased that from existence. Maybe they just, you can't find that anywhere. Right. But I do remember it happening. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see the need to say that. It's you know, which I mean, I know, <laughs> I know we we know that Aaron Carter's been going through it for a while. Um, and, you know, everybody's got their demons, and I get it. And that was part of the post that Nick Carter made too, basically, you know, saying that everybody needs to have awareness of you know mental illness and addiction is definitely a real thing. And I I get it. Right. I I understand. I understand it. I just, the only thing about the post that just got me was like, you know, well, we didn't always have the best relationship. And I'm like, why, why did you yeah, need I mean, to post that? Like, do you feel like people are going to come at you because, you know, they know that you guys didn't have a good relationship? I, I don't know. I don't that know could the, be it. I, I mean, don't know what the point is. He's an insecure artist. Yeah. So he was most likely thinking, he was thinking ahead and was going to go, well, I wonder if the backlash comes if I just go. Just just give a, a heartfelt miss my brother type post. Or do I need to shed light on the fact that, yeah, we had some we had some problems. And I'll tell you this. If you were a person who would have gone after him had he, had he done that, whew, you're a piece of shit. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I... It, and you could you can imagine what the comments would be. Yeah, but, I, but why post on social media? I, it, I know you're expected to when you're in the public eye. You're a celebrity. You're an artist. You're whatever. When you're in the public eye like that, people expect you to take to. I mean, just that's how we're living now. Yeah, everything is broadcast for the world, right? To the world. So uh, yeah, it's. I think uh, I wouldn't have done it, but who the fuck am I? <clears throat> yeah, I think. 
like, I don't know. Like you said, I mean, it's the world we live in. And maybe he would have had people coming at him too if he didn't say anything. You know, same thing. Well, I'm like, sure he would have. You know, he, he would so, have had, he's going to have people coming after him regardless. Right. Which again, pretty gross. Yeah. Yet with Aaron Carter, do you ever watch the No Jumper or listen to the No Jumper podcast? I I've never heard of it. I don't think. Okay. All right. So uh, look it up later. It's more of a, or you could pull up video of Aaron Carter on on it because he was on it several times. Okay. And you can just see, and it, you didn't need this podcast to know it, but you can see a person unraveling. Yeah. At the seams. I mean, it just just mentally, physically, every his soul is just exiting his body. And this is a, I don't know when his last appearance was, but I know it wasn't, I want to say it was over a year ago. But the No Jumper podcast, it's done by this dude named Adam22. It's, it's more of a hip hop podcast. Okay. He basically brings on a lot of hip hop artists or people who are in the public eye, like Aaron Carter was. But um, those those episodes are riveting because. It's like a, it's like a you know looking at the car accident. You know you shouldn't look, but you do. <laughs> yeah. You no, know, you know you should keep going. Just pass. Just keep keep scrolling. Find something else. But and I and I don't. I didn't watch it for you know. I'm not entertained by his demise by any means. But it's like Jesus. We this guy is who's not who's not helping this guy. You know who. Who does he need to? Who does he need around him to like? You know. So I mean, do you him... do you think? And you may not even be able to answer this, but do you think it's like the the young kid stardom thing? You think that's what that's where this starts oh, at? Definitely has something to do with it, man. Yeah. I mean the definitely. the people the people that make it out, you know, that start like that are famous from a young age and that make it out and are actually normal. You know, a lot of those people will tell you. I'm lucky that I'm a normal person, like that I made it out. Oh yeah, fine, you know, because a lot of people don't. No, no. And the bad thing is, no. and I'm not saying it's this case because I don't know, but I mean, a lot of times it's parents that put their kids in that position. You know. That's why you should watch that show. Yeah, I need to. But I t- sounds like it, yeah, dude. The uh, yeah, I couldn't imagine growing up. In, in a family like that, you know, as, as someone who I'll call myself fairly artistic as someone who, you know, was adventurous and imaginative with being artistic. I couldn't imagine living that kind of life instead of the one that I had where it was just sort of like, go outside, don't kill yourself. Come back at a reasonable time. You know? Yeah. Right. Like I, I wasn't being raised to be an artist. Yeah. Like everyone in that family, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, go go buy a burrito, get a big gulp, and like I said, don't hurt yourself, don't hurt anybody else, don't don't break anybody else's shit because we can't pay for it. <laughs> so we barely had the three dollars we gave you for the burrito and the big gulp. So. So I mean, was was yeah. Nick was Nick Carter was he anything before Backstreet Boys? Dude, he's he. What could he have been besides a toddler? He well, I mean, st- he well, joined. Well, that's what I'm asking. Like, what? I mean, how old were they when Backstreet Boys started? 
I wanted to. It was like, I mean, it was early teens, right? You can go back and find videos. No, no. He was a kid. Really? Yes. You can go back and find videos of them from like 93, 94. Dang. Okay. On some Canadian talk show or something. Yeah, yeah. He's a little boy. (laughs) Meanwhile, AJ still has the same hairline. (laughs) It's like two grown men, two guys who are emerging you know, about to be like late teens and then a little kid. It makes no sense. <laughs> it's like whoever put this together is gross. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You can find you can find those videos. <clears throat> yeah. Well, they were being groomed from a very I mean, I'm sure they were all teenagers or close to being teenagers when they started, but yeah, they're all being groomed at a very young age too. I mean, that's what that was the boy band formula. Yeah. Get them young, groom them to be successful. Right. I hate using the word groom. I don't like what I just said. Get them young and groom them. That's I gross. I don't like it, really. I, I don't. don't like what I said, <laughs> but that's what they were doing. Speaking of young, I want to. I want to smoothly transition out of that before. Okay. I was so I was thinking of something. Well, I, so uh, again, before I continue, rest in peace. It's a terrible, terrible situation. Absolutely. I don't. I don't like watching anyone's demise like that. But you could. I mean, his. His. His downfall was publicized unfortunately yeah and it's a bummer but i mean again that's the age we live in you know he was making those decisions and like i said who someone wasn't there enough to give him the help he needed i guess and maybe was, there was and there was probably maybe it just wasn't and enough, there was probably people there who shouldn't have been there or didn't need to be there that weren't helping there the situation is, any. yeah 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 but uh, so speaking of being young, so I, I, I was, there's this, okay, how, okay, so there's this movie called Senior Year. You know who Rebel Wilson is? Yeah. You know who she is, right? Yeah. So she's in a movie that came out recently, I guess recent enough, it's called Senior Year, where she's like in a coma and she wakes back up and she's back in high school again and her dream was to win prom queen or something. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I don't see it. <laughs> but I, I, I foolishly watched like five, 10 minutes of this. I was just curious because I, but also like good for her. She lost a ton of weight. Yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah. And she's a completely different person. Yeah. Like looks, I mean, she looks complete. And, you know, so I wanted to see her in a movie smaller and just see how the acting contrast is between her as a big girl, which is how everybody knew her to what she is now. Uh-huh. So that's why, I, that's why I turn it on. Right. But in the process, I just was thinking to myself, like, I don't know who teenagers are anymore. Or the makers of this movie don't know who teenagers are. Okay. Like, the every every character, their whole, their whole existence was based around their identity on social media or their identity on what they were going to be. Like, there, there was no, like, in-the-moment character where, like, it's just, like... Remember the movies we watched when we were teenagers? There was always that the 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 wild card character, the guy that said the guy or girl that said "fuck it." Yeah. Usually it was a guy who did drugs and partied, and the girl was a whore, or that's how they portrayed her to be. Yeah. In this movie, everyone was so caught up in like looking perfect and being perfect and saying everything, saying the right thing at all times. It was so I'm like, teenagers aren't like that. We're not. We're assholes. Yeah. And it so and it got me thinking. Maybe that's why I love and appreciate Euphoria so much. 
you know, when we were, when that was out, we were talking about it mm-hmm. and I was like, the only difference between euphoria and what I felt like my teenage years was, is social media and broadcasting all of your bad behaviors to the world. Whereas with this movie, it's like, everything's gotta be perfect. Nobody's does anything. You know, there were like jocks and there were, you know, the, the future sorority girls or whatever, but like for the most part, like the clicks. Right. But I was just like, God, that's not, is that real life? I I, I don't know. Obviously I'm yeah. way past being a teenager. So who <laughs> fuck, who the fuck knows? I have nieces who are teenagers and it doesn't feel that way Yeah, when I see them and hear their, but they're, they're, an, they're, never mind. They're an exception to the rule. Anyway, <laughs> but I think it's why I appreciate Euphoria so much is because like me when I was a teenager, everyone in that show is an asshole and they do stupid teenage shit because you're a dumb fuck when you're a teenager, you know? But, but yeah. So like I, what I appreciate about Euphoria is the reality of kids just want to get away from their parents. They want to get away from their home. They want to get away from what they consider to be their home life. They want to, you know, there's a lot of sneaking out at night. There's a lot of partying. There's a lot of doing and trying things that you were told you weren't supposed to do. Yeah. Which is true to, I, I want to say it's still true in 2022. Maybe it's not. But I got to imagine that, you know, I'll tell you a funny story. And I, it's, it's what made me think about this. There's a scene in that movie I was talking about where like, you know, obviously she's an adult and She's now in high school again, but there's a scene where anytime there's like a flirtatious anything between anyone, it's always like, he, 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 like, it, it, it's very bizarre. I was just like, no, 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 we, you did that in high school. What, what, I don't understand. What are we doing? So it just had me thinking like, dude, I used to sneak out of my house all the time when I was, when I was a teenager, uh, still living in my parents' house. If they're listening, they already know. So it doesn't matter. But <laughs> Because I got caught many times. It's still, you know, ground me, punish me, is whatever. It eventually was like, just come back eventually, please. Just fucking. So, but I remember one time I would sneak out and go to a girl's house all the time that lived, we'll call it walking distance. So like, I got caught one time, but here's how I got caught. And I don't know if this has anything to do with Euphoria or this movie, but I'm just telling you the story because it all I thought about all day when I was thinking about Euphoria in this movie was this situation. So, again, I used to sneak out a lot. So this one time, I snuck out, and I, I was meticulous too, man. I had it down to a system because my dad worked overnight, and he would come home at a specific time. So I would be I had to be sure to get home before he would get home. I would chill out in my backyard where he couldn't see me. I would wait for him to go inside. He would leave the door unlocked. I would go up to my room like I was always there. If you lock the door, then I'm like, fuck <laughs> me. I got to wait. But so with this one time I go, everything's fine. And for whatever reason, I didn't stay the night. I went back the same night. And when I got back, my mom was waiting on the front porch for me, just waiting there. I was like, God damn. And she, you know, obviously, I was like 15, you know, let me have it. But here's how she found out I was gone. A friend of mine came over and he, and you know, a neighborhood friend comes over, knocks on the door. She answers, and he's like, oh, I'm here to see Pat. And she goes, oh, yeah, he's upstairs. Go ahead. He goes upstairs and notices I'm not there and tells my mom instead of just leaving. Like, bro, you know what I was doing. Why would you tell my parental figure that I wasn't up in my room? 
Okay, so I, I'm torn. I'm torn here. Because like I get what I, I get what you're saying, like bro code. You don't go like tell the guy's mom. However, what do you do? Just go up to the room and then turn around and walk back out the door and don't say wait five <laughs> wait five minutes. Turn on my TV if you want, play fucking Nintendo, wait and leave. This that- motherfucker just walked down, he goes, Hey, he's not up there. <laughs> Thanks, bro. I'm not friends with that guy anymore. <laughs> Wonder well, why. <laughs> well, kind of sorry. I actually saw I actually saw him recently. Okay. Yeah, pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't bring I didn't bring that up, but <clears throat> anyway. So yeah, I just I always that story. We you 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 sneak out. You do the wrong things. You you act out. You know. Yeah. And that movie just felt like it was just trying to be too sort of like on the nose with like everyone wants to be perfect and. Everyone wants to do the right thing, and everyone wants to be prom queen and valedictorian. And it's like, no. Sometimes we just want to touch a tit, <laughs> drink a beer. You know what I mean? Stay up yeah. late. Like they, sometimes that's what we want to do. I don't yeah. know. Well, at the beginning of the story, you mentioned you said that Rebel Wilson um, lost a bunch of weight, and I'm sure you've heard the people say like when actors like comedy actors lose weight they lose their funny also yeah i don't that's it that's an interesting thought and and it's also interesting how a career of someone can change by making themselves healthier by losing a bunch of weight well can you think of a comedy actor who's done that and things change for them Mm, i don't i can't off the top i don't know necessarily no but i know like like Melissa McCarthy, she was one too there for a while. She lost quite a bit of weight. Um, I didn't know that. Um, 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 why Jonah Hill? You know he had lost yeah, a, he, he had lost he, a lot of weight and stuff too. I'm not saying he lost his funny. I'm just saying that he lost a bunch of weight too. But you know, just the visual of someone who was funny while they were heavy and then lost a bunch of weight. Yeah. Like that can that can literally change how people see you as an yeah, as an actor I mean, or actress. You know, it's crazy. Why is Tim McGraw on this list I'm looking at? That Sam. lost weight? Well, like yeah, I don't maybe this is a not a good list. Uh this is just body transformations. Hold on. Hmm. I was trying to I, I googled fat actors that got skinny. Maybe that wasn't a good goog. <laughs> what do you think? Did you say goog? Yeah. Not a good is that a thing or did you just make that up? No, I definitely didn't make that up. I've um, never heard that before. Craziest celebrity weight loss transformations of all time. Drew Carey. Okay. I wouldn't say that he got less funny when no, he got skinny. I don't think and so. And I think it well with Jonah Hill too, I don't think it did anything for him. And it I was actually right so. on time because like right when he got skinny, he made some really good movies. But they I were- love Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, and to be honest with you, he doesn't look good on the second one. Yeah, he put on a little bit of weight, and it just doesn't look as. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Melissa McCarthy. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, she's still. I mean, okay. Who is Reed Drummond? I don't even know who that is. I don't know who that is either. Look completely transformed as a network star, Dean, the Food Network star. Okay. Okay. Who is Bronson Pinchot? Don't oh, know. that's the dude from Perfect Strangers. 
Okay. Anyone current? Jessica Simpson. She was once skinny, then got fat. Ricky Gervais. Mama June. Don't know who that is. Jonah Hill. Kelly Osborne. Khloe Kardashian. Yeah, see, I, I I'm torn on this, man. Like, good for Rebel Wilson. Yeah. You know, we you like you said, we kind of punish people for getting healthy. But then you see someone like who was thin and now is big, like Kelly Clarkson, for instance. Yeah. I don't know. Why do we well Adele caught shit. Like yeah. a lot of shit about, you know, I thought you were okay with your body. And when did she ever say that? Did she did she publicly say like I'm okay with being bigger? And I, that's why people are upset with her with her getting skinny. I'm not. I'm not I don't sure, recall that, but, but like, didn't she go through a bunch of stuff too? Like, she went through a divorce and all that kind of stuff. Like, that's what the, her, the record was about. I don't know. Good for her. I can't think of any. I'm trying to think of. No offense, ladies, but male actors that got skinny. And I can't really. I mean, Chris Pratt was tubby, and he got in good shape. Yeah, but tubby. And he actually got more roles because he got in good shape. Yeah. Or better. I mean, I guess bigger roles he was always like the sloppy the sloppy best friend yeah and shit yeah and then he started fucking training fucking velociraptors <laughs> and i don't know that's pretty good transformation there yeah. but i mean if you think about it like if chris farley lost weight for instance would he still be funny i'm gonna say yes you know yeah if john if john candy lost weight would he still be funny fuck yeah yeah you know yeah uh, i don't know i mean who am I missing? That's I don't know. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> but I think there's a, there's also a difference between like tubby and then getting in shape versus like being large and then getting in shape. Two words I don't think people uh, prefer to be called: large and tubby. You okay. knocked them out in the same. Sentence. Okay, you just said tubby a second ago. <laughs> that's really? wh- that's no. where I brought the word tubby from. <laughs> okay. Whoops. Oh well. But yeah, so yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I just, I, I thought that was an interesting conversation because I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't care. Get in shape, get healthy. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Yeah. To like, Chris, to, to, who was the last one to come out publicly and be like, I'm okay with, oh, Lizzo? Was Lizzo one of them? Oh, yeah. I think she was. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, good for you, I guess. I, you know. You know, we, we've talked about this before and I'm 100% all for like, no matter what shape your body is and no matter how you live your life, you need to be comfortable with how you live your life and you need to be comfortable in your own skin and in your own body. I get that, but there's always the option to make yourself healthier and make yourself a better version of you. I know that sounds sappy, but you know, um, one thing that I think kind of sparked this conversation is I texted you the other day because Hulu has this commercial going right now for the, what did I call it? The, the, the big fig. No, the, yeah, the big fig mattress, so. the big fig mattress. And it has a bigger woman promoting it, laying on, like laying on a mattress and act, you know, just a, a model basically, but it's literally called the big fig for bigger figures. So is it bigger than like a California King? I I don't know. I I was 
I was fixated on the fact that they're promoting this. Yeah, like, I would say that's problematic. Like I don't like I I think that to me they are promoting a an unhealthy lifestyle. And it's like we're putting out products to promote like to help you. And, and I mean that okay, if you have well, Let me ask you this. If you have hold a bigger on, figure, on. that's fine and you need a mattress to benefit that and help that, that's fine, but that's a product that's going to make you not need to lose weight or not need to you know what i'm saying like the mattress for a bigger figure i mean their website says the mattress for a bigger figure yeah why not just say hey we sell big fucking beds for plenty <laughs> if you want plenty of room like why, why does it have to be like but i also don't know are the they best mattress for heavy people <laughs> but i also don't it know it says this on their website does it really? See, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's like a bigger bed. I think it's a. I want to understand? I think like more the, support because yeah. you're fat. Holy yes. shit, man! I don't like this. This company is out of their minds. Our unique hybrid design, engineered with a unique uh, big fig, was created to provide the ultimate mix of support and comfort. Hybrid mattresses. Hybrid mattresses are the best of both worlds. It's the foam contours to your body, allowing you to sink into the foam. While you may enjoy that, it keeps going away. It doesn't want me to read it. <laughs> it literally doesn't want me to read it. Huh. It keeps disappearing. Huh. They must know we're recording. Apparently. Anyway, um, yeah, that's that's not that's not good. Well, they do sell bed frames, foundations, adjustable bases. Let's click on mattress. Oh, well, let me shop mattresses. How much are they? They're $1,300. The big fig. Yeah, it's just a very cushiony mattress. Hold on now. Does the average mattress not support a bigger person? I don't know. This is this is a problem. <laughs> I don't really... Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if promoting... Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, dude, there are fucking Coke commercials and commercials for fucking Doritos and shit. Yeah. So I, I, I get, I guess, but they're, they're you're, not you're, using you're matching like, your, they're not using like bigger mo uh, I guess bigger frame models and or, or actors and actresses in those commercials. No, they'd get fucking sued if they did. Exactly. They have to use good-looking thin people to be like, see, it's okay. <laughs> you can have Doritos. You can, yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I'm going go to um, go to a store and check out the big fig, though. Because they're giving you $400 off on Black Friday. So oh, nice. I will, uh, supports 550 pounds per sleeper. So, yeah, I mean, it is a mattress for obese people. Yeah. Morbidly obese people. Yeah, it's crazy. I've never seen. I've never seen or heard of this until you said something. Yeah, it just it rubbed me the wrong way when I when I seen it. Uh, it should it should rub everyone the wrong way. But <laughs> if you're 550 pounds, you're like fucking finally something <laughs> that will sleep. fucking hold my big ass. Yeah, I can sleep now. Includes thermal gel cooling. Now I'm, dude. I am obsessed now. Includes thermal gel cooling technology to help prevent gross night sweats. This is what their website. Does it say that? I'm not, it says I'm gross. Not making, 
It says gross. Wow. Uh, yeah, it says gross. Wow. Edge support gives you the broadest sleeping area without dumping you out of bed. We should write Big Fig. We should get someone from there on the show. Oh, my God. To find out what their marketing scheme is. I think we've just seen it. I think it's very clear, right? Yeah. But maybe we we find out. <laughs> maybe we just start it off and we go, hey, we have, you know, John Smith from Big Fig here. John, we want to know something. Why are you out of your fucking mind? <laughs> Let's just see what he says. Right? Yeah. Speaking out of your mind, out of their mind, did you see the lists, the list of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees this year? I did not. The full list? Uh-uh. Well, before I tell you that, did you see what, so Alanis Morissette, so like they've already done the ceremony, but it doesn't air until, I want to say the 18th is when they said it was. Oh, okay. Because uh, it was like a five hour thing. They have to edit down and make it watchable. But Alanis Morissette was supposed to be on it, uh, performing with Olivia Rodrigo to honor Carly Simon, who is getting in. And she bailed on the performance because she says she doesn't like the way that the music industry and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame treat women. True. And I'm kind of like, do we do we have a, a description or like a, a what what she what she means by that? As it like, does it, she mean treat women as in like who they have chosen to and not to induct? No, no. That's not what she's talking of, about. Because of sexism and disrespect. Oh, okay. To which I say, all right, well, did you have to do that when you were honoring someone else? That's kind of selfish. You're supposed to be there for Carly Simon, who is a fellow female. I mean, I can Perhaps understand if wanna... like if Carly Simon would like had these feelings that she could that you know could bail and and give the same reasoning, but yeah, that's kind of I see why I see what she's trying to do. She's trying to take a stand for something. I get it, but you're you're also like trying to do something for somebody else who is getting inducted. Right. So I'm like, hey, can you take a stand another time, or maybe after, or or maybe just show up and still talk about this. Right. Maybe it makes a bigger impact if you're there, but then you get interviewed and you go, yeah, by the way, she said, I've spent decades in an industry that is rife with an overarching anti-woman sentiment and have tolerated a lot of condescension and disrespectfulness, reduction, dismissiveness, contract breaching, unsupportedness, exploitation, and psychological violence and more throughout my career. I tolerated it because nothing would stop me from connecting with those who I cared about and resonated with. I live to serve and connect with people, and so over the years, I sucked it up on more occasions than I can count in order to do so. It's hard not to be affected in any industry around the world, but Hollywood has been notorious for its disrespect of the feminine in all of us. So you want to serve, why not serve Carly Simon? Because she's the one being inducted. Right. Anyway, so there's that, I guess. I, I don't know. I saw that and I was like, oh, okay, maybe wait or find a better way to do that. Uh, so here's who gets in this year. Your boy Eminem, okay. which I'm sure you're ecstatic about. Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eurythmics, Dolly Parton, Lionel Richie, and Carly Simon. Okay. So I am going to watch because I want to see Eminem's acceptance speech. They already released a transcript of it and like what he said. And I, man, 
starting to respect the guy more, and I really, really don't like myself for it. But so who who, indu- who inducted him? Uh, LL Cool J. No, ah, f- I don't remember. Okay. They they said it, but but essentially, what his whole speech was was him just naming all of the rappers that inspired him, and he's like, I don't, I'm not here, I'm not anything without, you know all the rappers that came before me and the rappers that came after me, so on and so forth. And he, he named like 150 people <laughs> and he kept joking about it. Like, no, no, I'm only like a quarter of the way done. You guys are going to have to sit here and wait. I'm going to name everyone. And he did. He really did. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, who inducted them? It doesn't say, damn it. But, uh, I mean, it seems, wouldn't it seem like it would be like a, a Snoop or a Dr. Dre or something like that. Like a Dr. Dre, I could I could see more than anybody. That would induct would have inducted him or like yeah. brought him up. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. It was Dr. Dre. You're right. Oh, it was okay. Good call. Yeah. I say like it, there would but, be no Eminem if it wasn't for Dr. Dre. Well, yeah, sure. I guess so. You don't think he would have been discovered by someone else? I mean, I guess it's possible. If he's really as good as you and everyone else says he is. I guess it's possible. Yeah. I mean, but I respect the fact that he, he, but that that is one of the things that I've always respected about him. He's, he's like a, he's a hip hop historian. He's always talked about his inspirations and he's always like giving credit where credit is due as far as the people that helped him get where he is and. So that's always been one thing that I've appreciated about him. But I think that's a generational thing. I think his generation of hip-hop artists, they're very much in tune with who came before them and their influences. Whereas like today's, a lot of today's hip-hop artists, they don't they don't mention it. I mean, yeah. Kodak Black said he didn't even, he had never heard a Biggie song. Oh, like, really? How could, you be, how could you be breathing and not hear a Biggie song? Like, I don't wow. care who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone else said something about who was it? Someone said something about Tupac and yeah. So I, but I, I feel like the, his generation of hip hop artists, they're very, very much in tune with that. And I really appreciate that about him. He did do one thing rude though. He would name specific members of groups and not the rest of the members of said group, which I'm like, come on, bro. Like he named Tretch from Naughty by Nature, which I, yeah talked about on facebook who's one of my favorite rappers yeah but he didn't name naughty by nature he what's up with vin dude you can't you can't like come on man i don't know so i mean i I guess guess there's there's multiple things that could be going on there maybe he doesn't have a best of relationship with other guys that would be in that group or maybe just certain people in that group made the biggest impact on him versus the rest of the group yeah you know, so this I, is what he said. He said, this is a list, man. I put this together yesterday and I kept adding to the shit, adding to the shit. If I forgot anybody, I apologize. But these were my teachers right here. So I'll just name a few. This is how he starts it. So he's like, I'm going to start with two live crew, Tupac, third base, Alliance, Apache, Audio 2, Milk D, what up? Dre, the Beastie Boys, Big Daddy Kane, Big Pun, Biz Marquis, the Notorious B.I.G., Brand Nubian, Buckshot, Casual. So like Casual from Hieroglyphics. So like, eh. Chub Rock, Chuck D of Public and Public Enemy, Cypress Hill, blah, 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 blah. Goes on. He na- dude, he names so many people. So like 
those were my rock stars, man. And I just want to say those are just a few of the names that I hope will be considered in the future for induction because without them, a lot of us wouldn't be here. I know I wouldn't. So good for him. I appreciate that. Even though I don't like him, I appreciate that. But I, I what what is really is I, interesting we, thing about that that is a generational thing. We may have but, talked about this before, and I don't know if you've given like a straight up answer on why. But like, what is it? Just his style that you don't like? Because it's not really him as a person, right? It's it's his. I, I don't know. Is it his style of rap or hip hop that you don't like, or what do you? Well, I don't like his voice. His voice in general, okay. I always thought it was corny. Okay. And I'll be honest, the first time I heard my name is, I thought it was a joke. I mean, it could have been. Like I thought he was. I thought he was like a weird owl. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Like I thought it was a joke. I, I did not. And then I, I, I remember, I remember seeing the video, hearing it, going, well, it's kind of funny. Like I thought it was like, like I said, like a parody type thing. I was like, well, it's kind of funny. He's talking about. Who does he talk about? Like Tommy Lee and yeah. Pam Anderson and Tom, uh, Tom Green's in there somewhere. Yeah, and... my bum is on your lip. No, yeah. no, no, that's that other song. Oh, I I, I was talking. To, I, I wasn't talking about a specific song. I was just talking about that record. Um, no, who does he talk about? In my name is is the his very first single. Let's just Google the lyrics. But yeah, I thought. I thought it was a joke, but I, and then I remember going to a friend of mine going, Hey, you, you heard of this slim shady dude, or did you see this? He's like, yeah, man. Uh, uh, I heard such and such on something on a mixtape or something. He's dope. And I'm like, what <laughs> have you heard it? Like, have you heard this song? Cause I'm uh, nine inch nails, Pamela Lee, crisscross. What a dumb song. I don't know, man. It's not. Uh, oh yeah, crisscross is in there because some... he says, "I'll knock your clothes backwards like crisscross." Yeah, that's right. God, you are a stan. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't like his voice. Uh, like, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just never been for me, dude. Okay. Do I do it. I do? Can I acknowledge the fact that yeah, he's more than likely really good at what he does, and he's, yeah, sure, of course. It's just not for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not a fan of everything that he's put out, of course. Um, but, and he, he's fallen at least, or like, especially probably in the last five years, maybe longer, he's fallen into this, like, the speed rap. And, yeah, you know, I like it because it's interesting to me. And it it's crazy to me that somebody can do that. But I don't, I'm not necessarily like, a huge fan of it because a lot of the lyrics are just lyrics to be lyrics. They're not, and right. you know, you know, I'm a lyric guy, but you know, a lot of stuff is just made up junk to be put in there. Yeah. It's weird. And he even talks about that in interviews. Like, yeah, this is how I do this. Yeah. Like something's got to rhyme, rhyme with orange. Yeah. Which orange. I mean, which I mean, we haven't seen anybody do that in quite a while, right? Like the speed, like, who was the last that we had? Twista. How dare they did that kind of thing? There, there, there. I, this is another proud moment on this podcast. The fact that you know that name. What Twista? Yeah, yeah. I I only knew him from the the bigger songs. 
I'm, I'm a, like a proud parent right now. What was what was the song that he did? Because J- uh, with Jamie Fox, um, who what was that song? Was J- it oh, slow? Fox. Was it slow jams? Slow jams. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kanye's on that song too. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard the song? So this is what I was looking up. I wanted to make sure I call it by the right name. The song "Homicide" by Logic and Eminem's on it. Not sure. Do you know that on the end of that song, they put in Chris D'Elia's impression of Eminem? Have you ever seen that? Oh, really? Uh-uh. uh-huh. It's like, I'm a nickel banner. I got too many napkins. Like, you've never seen that? Uh-uh. <clears throat> so, on well, look up Chris D'Elia's impression of Eminem. It'll be easy to find. I'm driving a Porsche over the floorboards over the... F- Four points, wearing a four Taurus, getting an abortion and a divorce at the same time they hear some Fordin. Look what I'm planning, planning. I'm planning to do all this while you're panicking and you're looking and staring at mannequins. And I'm going to fanikins, <laughs> trying to get up a planikins. All of the planikins, fanikins, fan, fan, panikins. While all the mannequins, fanikins, Anna in a cabana. You're in a cab- I'm in a cabana and a Janet. I'm in a cabana chanting on the stand-up banner. Well, you don't got the stamina. You're lacking the stamina. You're lacking the stamina while you're divorcing Harrison Ford. And I'm in a portion of floor ports while I'm on torrent. You're using way too many napkins. Papkins. <laughs> Lapkins is chapkin. You're using chapstick and napkins while I'm papkin. Flapping around like a papkin. Flamming a babbity pan and champkin. Damn it, can of pity So... That's at the end of the song, but what Eminem does in that in his verse on that song is he takes words from what Chris D'Elia just did and works them into his rhyme. Like he uses okay. cabana, he uses napkin, you know, gotcha. floorboard. <laughs> so again, something I kind of like the fact that Eminem had enough, didn't take himself too seriously to where he could put that in a song and uh, I don't know, kind of cool. Kind of cool. I'm surprised you never seen that. That went uh-uh. super viral. That yeah. went super viral for Chris Leon. How many how many views does that have? I think it said like five point five million. Oh God, I was expecting it to have way more. I think that's what it said. Yeah, five point five million. Yeah. Oh wow, I thought it had more than that. Well, that's still a lot. Yeah. For a, a fucking from him Instagram from him just from sitting car. in a parking lot somewhere, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just doing yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, good for Eminem. Yeah. I, I I do want to watch. I do want to watch that for, I want to see him give that speech. I want to see him perform. Uh, you know, it'll be fun. I, I like the rock and roll hall of fame stuff. I don't, I don't get behind this whole, like people bitch about like, why are we letting Dolly Parton in for instance? Like I've seen people like, what, what do you care? She's yeah, she's country, but she's contributed to rock and roll in some way, shape or form. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like how many rock and roll artists have covered Jolene? Right. You know, and apparently on the the, the 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 performance, she does Jolene like a shit ton of people go on stage. Like Rob Halford is on stage with her and like all wow. kinds. Of, I like I like shit like that, man. And a lot of people bitch about it. Like, why don't we just call it the Music Hall of Fame if we're gonna let non rock and roll? It's like you call it non rock and roll, but in some way, shape, or form, all of these artists that you let in, like NWA, for instance, do you think they didn't contribute to rock and roll? Right. You know, like, do you think that Dr. Dre didn't contribute to rock and roll fans and the rock and roll lifestyle? Like, come on. No, 
And if you're going to stick to like just rocking, like just a band or artists that are considered rock and roll to go into let everyone that in. Hall of Fame, like, yeah, you have to let everybody in. And you in. just let everyone in. Yeah. What What is the criteria? Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I know there has to be a specific amount of time that you, whatever, but like, what's the criteria? How many records you've sold? Right. Uh, what's, what is, I mean, what is it? Right. Like you get, like Eurythmics, for instance, is getting in. Yeah. Okay. I'm not mad at it, but like. Can you name more than two Eurythmics songs? I can't. So what okay. do you th- what do you think about um, an artist being put in solo and also with a band? You think that's fine? I, mean, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I do. It's it's petty nonsense. Like just let everybody. I mean, in. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I say let everybody in if they have a good catalog and a good, uh, you know, a good. Uh, you know, a, a good amount of work to to look back on and, and choose and go, oh, wow, this was really this was really good music for when it came out and it inspired such and such and such. And it's fucking, you know, I don't know. So I, I, I like I like it. I mean, I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, too. I think it's dope. I definitely tell everybody, like, you need to go and experience it. I think it's really cool. But I nerd out over shit like that. Like, I, I could have spent another day doing it because there's just so much to look at and but i'm one of those people too like when i go to the zoo or if i go to a museum or if i go somewhere like that like i read everything yeah like i don't just go oh look monkeys and i keep walking like i, I read like oh it's endangered and it's from this i don't know right I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way i'm the same way yeah yeah so at the rock and roll hall of fame you have too much to read it, it, it's I'm too sure. much to to consume in a short amount of time Right. Like I remember one of the things that I was I was looking at. It was just a random fact that was kind of put smack dab in the middle of like people's outfits and they had like a Jimi Hendrix guitar in there, but it was a little blurb and it was about Jefferson Airplane. And I guess like in the 60s they opened up a LSD store. Wow. Yeah. And like they sold LSD out of their tour van and like I was like that's pretty cool. How come I didn't know about this before? <laughs> like, yeah, it's just random shit you pick up while you're there. Yeah. So I think it's, but yeah. So I, I I'm gonna, look, I'm looking forward to that. I want to see that. Huh. I don't, I don't, I don't get behind the whole. You know, Dolly Parton should be in because she's country, or Eminem shouldn't be in because he's hip hop, or any of that shit. It, it, it's silly. It's, it's. I mean, changing it to the Music Hall of Fame does in a in a small way makes sense but let's just call it rock it all it all falls under the same umbrella umbrella you know like when we talk about like where does rock and roll come from well fuck everything right right yeah we learned that in our books that we got for our sons (laughs) that you hate (laughs) i love those books uh there's an old soul. Ah, fuck. I used to, I had it memorized for a little <laughs> bit, but he destroyed, he destroyed it. So I don't read it to him. Dude, anymore. so did my, my kid did the same thing. He eats his books. Right, what do you do? Well, my, yeah. He loves my, to read them. And then once he's bored with them, he just rips them apart. See, mine is he likes to, he wants to read it, but he also wants to sit on it. So he sits sit on, on it and then tries to pull. Yeah. yeah and then the pages just rip apart. But uh, anyway, so uh, one last, since we're on the topic of music, um, what was the other? You gonna talk about my prediction coming true? Uh, about what? 
Sick New World Festival. Oh, no, I wasn't actually, but we could talk about that. Do you want to talk about Sick New World or do you want to talk about, because uh, we talked about Taylor Swift on the last episode and we had another topic we were going to throw in about the M Shadows beef with um, the Swifties. Ta- w- yeah, saying that her redoing her albums and like just changing, like putting basically putting out the same album, but in a different way. Is but a, didn't he say that he wasn't fans. talking about her? Oh, did he? I didn't see that. Yeah, I read that he said he tweeted at people who were commenting that I wasn't talking about Taylor Swift. So my question would be is like, who who was he talking about? Right. When does he have like who did this that he has a problem? Like when does he have a problem with this? I yeah I don't know I don't know who he's who he's talking about unless he was just trying to get out ahead of it by saying that it wasn't about her even though it was I don't know. But what specifically is he even talking about? I mean, from the way, from what I read, it seemed it did. Did she, in general, remake her own albums, or is she, ta- or is he, possibly talking about what we were talking about on the last episode about how she, um, redid her albums, so she had ownership, like with her having ownership over them. So he says, selling multiple versions, repackages, and bundles of your album to the same fans so that you can get a chart position that no one cares about is manipulate and is manipulated should be called out for what it is. It's fan abuse. So to get, to get a chart spot, that just means when you put new stuff out, more people expand on it. So many options are fine. It's when it becomes buy the vinyl for ticket discounts buy the CD version for one extra track buy buy first week, eight track for an exclusive t-shirt. It's all bullshit to make you buy the same shit to pump numbers. That's fucked. When asked by one fan if he was taking aim at any artist in particular, Shadows firmly underlined that his point was aimed at everyone, the system, music as a commodity, no art left to it, total joke. That, however, didn't seem to stop Taylor Swift fans inexplicably taking Shadows' opinions personally, seeing them as a direct attack on the pop megastar who has sold numerous versions of individual albums she's released in recent years. I mean, I don't think it... He knew he was talking about her, but he probably was. I gotcha. <laughs> uh, so, okay, here's my take on that. I, I get it. I get where he's coming from, and I kind of agree. However, it's still on the fans to choose to buy it. Correct. And so, if you're an artist and you know that you have a loyal fan base who's going to, it's pretty much a no-brainer to do so. Correct. I, I, but he's he's talking about an integrity that I think he's he comes from a generation and from a, a type of music, a style of music where your, your, your integrity is your own, but it also is there to protect your fans in a way. And I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I mean, I think, I think that's where he's coming from with that. Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, he does have a point. Like if you're like by the, you know, you're, you're, putting out multiple versions of the same record with just a little bit of a change. I, I mean, it's on the fan. It's on the fan. It is, but I don't know what he's talking about in that, in that sense, unless he was talking about her. And like we said, cause didn't she, you know, when she wanted the ownership of her records, she re put out the records. So any of her fans that had the original record, 
she changed them just a little bit and then put them out again, they bought that again. So it sounds like he's talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah, but his example of like buy the vinyl and get this and then buy the CD yeah. and get this. and the- Yeah. Who's done that? I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people do, but uh, but here's the thing. If you want to get tickets to a show, you buy the vinyl, right? Yeah. If you care about that one extra track, you'll go buy the CD. So, I mean, is it scamming your fans? I mean, I as know. long as you're not preparing it in a way like that, that they're going to get something they're not. I mean, they know what they're buying. They know what well, they're, you know, buy this vinyl and get $10 off your next ticket or whatever with a download code or, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. How, how is it any different than, say, well, well, for instance, like musicians go on Patreon, right? They uh-huh. sell their music there yeah. to subscribers. And then because you're a subscriber, you get whatever you might get an acoustic performance or different types of merch. And it's like, well, why couldn't you have had this stuff without being a subscriber that you pay monthly? That's always been my infatuation with Patreon where it's like, and I've seen people we know talk about how they're on Patreon and I'm going to give you X, Y, and Z as part of being a subscriber to my, to my musical content. I'll say this. I don't know there's any band out there right now that I would pay a monthly subscription right. to see extra stuff. Well, I mean, there's a lot of podcasters that are doing it also. Well, yeah, huge, huge. You know, and it's the same concept, but a lot of time, like for Patreon, it's like, well, you'll get episodes early or, you know, like I... um. Uh, does that really matter to people? I don't know if it does or not. I mean, that seems bizarre to me. Yeah, because I mean, once you get the episode and you listen to it, you've listened to it. So whether I listen to right. it now or I listen to it on Monday when it comes out to everybody, you know, I right. I don't I I don't know. I, I so mean, I, I mean, you want to know how much? Unless you're, unless you're like recording exclusive episodes that you're not going to release to everyone. And only yeah. certain people can listen to, but that's going to get out to everybody one way or another. Yeah, I've always been infatuated with this because I get it. I get the model, but it's like, as, as, but maybe it's because, I don't know. The Tim, you know, so you want to know how much Tim Dillon makes a month on Patreon? How much? $180,000 a month. Jesus Christ. He has nearly 35,000 subscribers. And that, that's patrons. that's just Patreon. So like that's not including like yeah. he's monetizing YouTube and all that kind right. of stuff, man. That's insane. Right. Insane. Wait, is that right? Fifty thousand a year. Top ten creators on Patreon to check out. Chapo Trap House. Averaging hundred and sixty seven thousand per month. Jesus Christ almighty. Top ten, top ten creators on Patreon: True Crime Obsessed, Chapo Trap House, Dark Cookie, Summertime Saga, Jeff Wittick. Do you know who that is? No, nope. me neither. You're wrong about the Tim, the Tim Dillon Show, Dank Pods, 
Flagrant 2, that's uh, Andrew Schultz's podcast. Yagami Yato and Not Another D&D Podcast. Should, maybe we need to get on Patreon. Andrew Schultz offer? and the tr- and True Crime are the only two that I understood or that I recognized. Yeah. Well, you know, Tim Dillon. But. Well, yeah, besides Tim Dillon. So you charge somebody as little as four four bucks a month, and you just get, we need to talk off air about this. Maybe we're, we're doing <laughs> we're doing this wrong. We're doing this wrong. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, as far as M Shadows goes, I mean, I, I guess I get his point, and I understand where where he's coming from. But at the same time, if you like an artist bad enough, and you well, I, I mean, I think a lot of people look at as an at an artist as a commodity and anything that they put out is, is, is a collector's item to them. You know, do you, do you think it's any different? Like, and I don't know if Avenged Sevenfold has done it or not, but putting out an album and then putting out a deluxe album that has more well, songs on it. I mean, is that any well, different that's the thing I was thinking of? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that, I guess he's saying that people are just re-releasing the same shit in a different format offering one extra tidbit of something and they control their chart position, which. But how, do, how does that affect, know. how does that affect your chart position? Is it just be, I don't understand. Like how is buying my vinyl affecting chart position? Well, one week you release the vinyl, the next week you release the CD version. People keep buying the shit. So you kind of remain. Okay. Your chart status remains the same. Yeah, I was thinking about that when I read that article. Like, I know I bought like I've, I mean, I've bought deluxe versions of stuff. Like, Deftones is one that comes to mind, and I did it just because, you know, I'm a fan. And they had acoustic versions of songs and covers, and I was like, sure, I'll get it. But I, I, I mean, if you have a if you have a good enough fan base, they're going to do that shit. So I mean, take advantage, I guess. But I also get where he's coming from. I get where he's coming from, but I don't know that I necessarily agree because, like I said, your fans are still. I mean, choosing... calling it fan abuse is a little bit of right. a stretch. Yeah, because the fans are still choosing to purchase whatever they want to purchase. Is and... it? Is it? Go ahead. I I don't know. I mean, in the I I I guess I don't really have an opinion as far as like the doing it to affect your chart position thing but it's also kind of goes back to like if you know how to play the game and you're not hurting anybody d- do it and make the money you know that's what i was gonna say i mean they're you're playing the game yeah. the game's not playing you right you're, you're taking advantage while you can yeah right so i mean in the end you started doing what you're doing to get as many people to listen to you as possible and right that that's that should point. be what avenge sevenfold's doing also I mean, I think they do, but again, yeah. I think he just comes. He, yeah, I, I again, I get where he's coming from, and I think I have an idea of of where the where the argument is. I, I get where it's how it's based and you know where it's created, but I don't know. At some at some point, you just got to say get over it. Maybe, maybe <laughs> I wouldn't say I, I would I wouldn't say that to him. I would just say like. I I think there needs to be a realization that some fans can be duped into buying a lot of shit. Yeah. 
I don't like to use the word duped, but hey. I mean, if you're a Taylor Swift fan and you bought the same record three different times, then hey, joke's on you. <laughs> I don't know. Let's get out of here. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about Sick New World next show. Yeah, because sure. I had a, I had some stuff I wanted to talk about about it, but yeah, for sure. I was 